0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt. This is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Everybody, give a little hand for Pastor Matt. A little, a little hand, a golf clap. Thank you, young Micah. Thank you. Can we get over, take over worship as well? What a phenomenal morning in the presence of the Lord. If we could turn the lights on, that would be amazing so I can see your beautiful faces, but uh, I'm just messed up this morning. I am so messed up. That's, the, that's so enlightening when the pastor gets up and it's like, he said he's messed up. Like, where are we going? I am, If uh, he's messed up. We're in trouble. I know, um, but I'm messed up for the right reasons. I'm messed up by the glory of the Lord in this place. Amen. I mean, yeah, Wednesday we had a TLC night, a little tender loving care, and we had all the scrubs we could get, and, and we've scrubbed the floors, and we've done some bathroom work, and we've done all these things, and man, I just, I never want to move beyond loving this wineskin that we have. The Lord gave us this warehouse, and I understand it's shabby, but it's not too shabby, you know? Like, it's, it's our wineskin, and we're going to grow, and we're going to burst out of it, and the Lord's going to give us Fountain Street Church one day, or another great building in our area that we can redeem for the Lord. But however, I'm just going to keep saying that publicly. I don't care if they get mad. I'm just going to keep saying it publicly. We will redeem that building for the glory of the Lord. I want it for Jesus' glory. Amen? So if you know anybody who has a lot of money um, and either loves Jesus or wants a tax write-off, I can talk to him. I would love to talk. But I messed up because, man, our worship team, what I know about them is a lot. But what I know the most, the most true about them is that they're not... Bleeding up here in front of you in a way that they're not bleeding in private when you're not around that they are praying and they are drafting tears. I mean, you've got to understand this today. If there felt like there was a a tenderness in the room, if there felt like there was a sorrowness in the room, if it felt like there was something tangible in the air, it's because the presence of God was here, because there was a breaking open that took place before you this morning that maybe you don't understand entirely what is in it and why it happened, but you have been the benefactors of it. And that is because our very own pastors, Amy and Evan, Man, they lost their, uh, Evan's father-in-law and Amy's father this week. And I just want to say before God and men, well done. Well done. We rejoice because Randy is in heaven. Absolutely so grateful that right now we have gotten the opportunity to join in with him and singing to the lamb who is upon the throne forevermore. Amen. And I just want to say... Not many people can give an offering of praise in the dark soul of the night, but these two sure have, and they have modeled for you and I today how to love Jesus well in the midst of brokenness. Come on. Man, and I just, uh, ah. There's been a lot of tears today, I promise. I'm not even the crying guy. That's Zach's job. He's the prophet of the house. He's the weeping prophet. I'm the insane lead pastor, and I just I lose my mind, and I just, ah. we were singing that song that I'm, I'm desperate for you, and that gripped me, but it also challenged me because I don't know if you know this, the, the word desperate, it, it means a deep longing of hopelessness. And so while I admire what the song is attempting to sing and what we're attempting to join in and what we're attempting to convey to the Lord that we are desperate, but how many of you know Hebrews 6:19, that we have a sure and trustworthy anchor, the hope for our soul, Jesus. We are not a hopeless people. We have a hope, we have the only hope, we have the assurance of hope and His name is Jesus. How about we praise Him this morning? So I love the poetry, I love the poetry, but poetry takes a back seat to the prophetic. And the prophetic truth above all other poetries this morning is that we have a living hope. We are not a hopeless people. We are not in a hopeless state. We are not in a hopeless city. We are not in a hopeless nation. We are not in a hopeless world. Because as long as there is breath in the lungs of the bride of Christ, come on somebody, America doesn't have to go to hell. Michigan doesn't have to go to hell. Your family and friends don't have to go to hell. You and I, we can bring heaven here to them. I hope I have more Christians in the house than just those that said amen. Amen. My dog's like, I got baptized last week. I'm crazy. I love it. We had baptisms last Sunday. It was phenomenal. But yes, if you haven't got a chance to meet you, my name is Matt. My beautiful wife, Adrienne, you saw up here earlier. We're the lead pastors here at Takeover Church. And it is an honor and privilege to have you in the house if you're new with us. And everyone else who's uh, faithfully a part of Takeover Church, well done. Glad you're here on Labor Day weekend. Come on. Come on. Oh, man, we are, we are, we are committed to raising up the bride of Christ. You see... Right now we're in a season, and I mean season because we are going all bloody year, friends. We were just gripped by the prophetic word for our church this year that Jesus said in Luke 11, or Luke 12, 49 through 50, He said, I have come to cast fire upon the earth. I have a baptism of fire. I would give it if it was already kindled. You see, Jesus' chief concern is creating for himself, building for himself, establishing for himself a burning kingdom, a burning people, a burning body, and most certainly a burning bride of Christ. Amen. And so for us as TakeOver Church, we've taken 365 days and we are in week 35 right now when we have been committed to being burnable. We have decided we are going to be the most flammable people in our region. If God is coming to burst, break forth, and burn upon a people, let it be us. Amen? We, we, we may not have the biggest building, and we may not have the most money, but I promise you what we lack in monetary, we will come in the prophetic. We will come in the unseen ways. We will come in the spirit, in the saturation, the depths of God. Amen? You see, one of the things, and we'll get to the message in a second, but this is just rattling inside of me right now is you got to understand America, the, the Western church, we need a deep revelation today of what it means to be the bride of Christ. You see, bride of Christ is more than just poetry. It's more than just this beautiful way of putting things together. You see, all summer long, we took the summer because I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want to burn upon this summer? What do you want to do? It's going to be empty. People aren't going to be showing up. People aren't committed. No offense. It just is what it is in our area, and we are going to fight that culture tooth and nail until Jesus is the number one priority in every season. Amen? We will fight that tooth and nail, and I will make no apologies about it. So if that hurts your feelings, take it up with God. It's my first time here. Yeah. It's great. Welcome. But here's the deal. We're the bride of Christ. Do you understand? The Lord told me all summer, he said, Matt, teach my people to pray. Teach them how to be intimate with me. Do you understand that when the Lord is saying to us, come be intimate with me, it's because he and us together, we are co-laboring. We are coming together and we are preparing with God, with the Father. We are preparing a bride to give to his son. So, of course, the Father wants to be intimate. He wants to know the daughter, the bride, the one that he is raising up to give, to betroth, to marriage, to the bridegroom, the Lamb of God, Jesus. This morning, I think you and I, we need to begin to understand that this isn't just so much a, a cool catchphrase. It's not just this beautiful poetry. It's not just this amazing phrase. We're the bride of Christ. Oh, he loves me. No, no, you've got to understand everything we do here, everything we do outside of here, Is all about giving Jesus a worthy bride to return for. We've got to understand today, friends. I love babies. We've got to understand today, friends, that this is so much more than just coming to church. It's so much more than singing songs. It's so much more than getting great theology and good doctrine. This is about becoming the bride of Christ that God the Father says is worthy of sending his son. I preached to anybody this morning. So it's serious. It's serious. It's more serious than a heart attack because this is everything. Are we opening the floodgates? We're closing the floodgates. Yeah, but it was, you got to acknowledge it once it's just, yeah, there's a change that's happening. It's all good. Welcome to the warehouse life. You get to the end of August and you're like, freedom from the heat. And then it's like 90. You're like, great. Thanks, thanks Michigan. But... For the last 35 weeks, we have stewarded a single prophetic word, and we will do that for the rest of the year. And then next year, I'm asking the Lord to give me another prophetic word for the entirety of the year. And I'm not going back to church as scheduled. I'm not going back to different series and different seasons and different things like that. No, no, no. no. I want to be faithful with one word for one year, for one God, for one purpose, for one intention, for one aim and one mission. Amen? It's all about the one, it's Him. Him and him alone, amen. This is what we have come for. If you came to take over church and you go to any other church for any other reason than the one friend, you are missing it. I am telling you, it's not just because we went to the send last night that I'm stoked. It's not just because of these amazing things that God did in the last 24 hours in our region. This is who this church is. This is what we are built upon. It's more than just banners. It's more than that. It is people laying down their lives. We are spending Your time, your body, your breath, these are the single greatest commodity you have on this earth. And what are you going to spend it on? This house has chosen Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, who's ready for the sermon this morning? Come on. Yes, we say sermon here if you're new with us. I see some new people. I'd like to let you know. I love Christianese. I don't care that the rest of the world doesn't because every nation has its own tongue, its own dialect. We have got a Spaniard in here and someone from the Netherlands in here this morning with us. So I am telling you, if you speak to them or our amazing Colombian fan that's always with us, they have their own language, they have their own dialect. And we are the church, we are His holy nation, His royal priesthood. We sound different. It's okay. I love the language of Jesus, I love it. He was the first one to say the word sermon. Not some white Christian pastor in the Midwest. Amen? So the title of my sermon this morning, if you're taking notes, is this. Fire from the depths. Fire from the depths. Fire from the depths. And if you have your B-I-B-L-E, how many of you know it's the book for me? Tell your neighbor it's certainly the book for you. Come on. We're coming out of 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 16. If you don't have a Bible, there's tons of blue ESVs out there that you can have, and uh, it'll also be on the Sky Bible behind me. Can you guys just give it up for Kenny and Jen holding it down in the booth for us? Come on. Uh, Kenny G and J.G. What? Double G back there? Let's go. Triple G if we include God. Hey. All right. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 16. Here it is. And when I came to you, brothers, did not, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you, among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. And all God's people said, amen. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear had heard nor the heart of man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, and we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. You see, the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. See, the spiritual person judges all things, but it is him himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So we're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to break it open, and we're going to get after it. Amen? Come on. Father, we love you. Father, we are so yielded to you, God of all the other things that people yield to, God, of all the other things that have risen up as lords, as lofty arguments, all of these other quote-unquote newfound wisdom, newfound religion, all of these things, this new truth, everyone has a truth in this age, God, where the spirit of the age, the Antichrist spirit, is running rampant in our generation, God. You here today find a people, I assure you, Lord, who says... Not on our watch. Not on our watch. Father, we are yielded to you and you alone. Father, today I pray that you find a bride today, Lord, who's not looking to the left and we're not looking to the right. We're not looking to any other hill, any other fount for where our help could come from. But we look to the one who is seated on the throne of heaven. So Holy Spirit, right now we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, we celebrate that you're here. Every other spirit outside of the Holy Spirit that is contending with the Holy Spirit for attention, for change, for transformation, you can go to hell from which you came in Jesus' mighty name, spirit of suicide, spirit of depression, spirit of infirmity. If someone has sickness in their body that is chronic and is ruling and they have paired their identity with it this morning, we say go to hell from which you Came, you shall not rename. In Jesus' mighty name, you've been defeated. We unsee every principality contending in this room. We unsee every spirit that is contending for the minds of those in this room. We unsee and we dethrone and we derobe and we dering and we take everything from you because you have zero power here. This room, this place, this is holy ground. And we declare right now in mighty name of Jesus, this belongs to the Holy Spirit. So go. Bow to the name of Jesus, every wicked spirit in this place. Holy Spirit, take center stage. Do what only you can. Change us from the inside out. Today, Lord, may we leave looking more like Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, of Faith-filled Church said, "Amen." Man, today's been awesome. <laughs> today's been awesome. I, uh, I'm just blown away. Fire from the depths. Fire from the depths. Fire from the depths. You see, I just there's this verse, in Ezekiel forty-seven, and in Ezekiel he's a prophet of the Old Testament, and he has this vision. He's He's amazing, you should read the book of Ezekiel, it'll blow your mind, especially in conjunction to the book of Revelation. But it's amazing, you see, he has this vision, and in this vision, there's this river, this river that's running. In this vision, the river represents God, and see, this river that is God, the Spirit of God, it's trying to run to all these different places. And eventually, it gets to a fork in its stream, and it gets to a hill that's kind of going up, and it it can't go anywhere, because that hill hasn't made itself low enough yet for God to move through it. And then it runs into this other area, and all of a sudden it's dammed up. It's all dammed up like a beaver, and and a lot of things have just allowed to get in there and make a home that shouldn't be there, that have dammed up and jammed up the ability of God to move in that direction. And then there's this other, this third prong, if you will, that is there, and it's deep. It's deep, and the river just runs. The river loves to run through it. The river loves to go through it. The river loves that it can freely go. It is just so yielded. The bank has just resolved and relented to the one. And the Lord has just been telling me over the weeks, the river runs to the depths. The river runs to the depths. The river runs to the depths. And I came today to declare that as a prophetic word over our church, the river runs to the depths. You see, friends... We just talked about it last week in the book of Acts and how the early church was sparked in birth, but it wasn't simply on Jesus or time with Jesus alone. But instead, friends, by God's design and God's ways, the early church, the church in itself, was birthed by and in the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the river of God. The Spirit of God, the river of living life is the Holy Spirit. And friends, if you think that we can do this thing on man-made religion, on morality alone, on simply just abstaining from sin long enough to be kind of like Jesus in the right crowd long enough, to be accepted into that crowd long enough, and we call that Christianity, friends, we are missing it. We are missing it. I am telling you, the Holy Spirit enables you and I to live a resurrected life, a resurrected life, a resurrected life that brings resurrection life everywhere it goes. It doesn't need an invitation to move. It just brings resurrection to every room. I preached anybody this morning. The resurrected life does not need an invitation to move. The resurrection life moves in every room doesn't matter whether there was an invite. Heaven doesn't wait for an invite. Heaven goes where you go. The power of God goes where the people of God go. Amen? I said the power of God goes where the people of God go. Amen? But what's clear in the scriptures, friends, is that the river runs to the depths. So many of us, we're asking, why do I keep struggling with the same sins? Why do I keep lying? Why do I keep conniving? Why do I keep trying to petition for myself? Why do I feel like I have to keep grinding to get myself to the next place? Why do I keep putting all of these things ahead of God? Why do I keep getting into pornography? Why do I keep sleeping with him? Why do I keep sleeping with her? Why do I stay on these apps? Why do I keep doing all these things? My soul is a mess. I am heavy burdened and laden, and I'm like, what is going on in the inside of me? I come to church. I worship my heart out. I cry for two and a half hours. The Lord wrecks me and then by eight o'clock on Sunday I am lonely and I'm on apps and I'm going to places that I shouldn't be and I'm doing drugs that I shouldn't be doing and I'm And all of a sudden we're back in the cycle and we're like, why? Why was church not enough for me today? Why was worship not enough for me today? Why was the message not enough for me today? And I'm telling you, friends, it is the deep places that God runs. It is the deep places that God loves. It is the deep places that he longs to go. And I am telling you today, if you have not gotten low enough for him to run through you, today's the day where we change that. Today is the day where we look at the book of Revelation and we see Jesus is exalted in heaven and it followed up with he is the lowly one. See, heaven doesn't doesn't exalt you, doesn't platform you, doesn't give you promotion because you have the right thoughts, because you have the most money, because you got the best looking house or the best looking wife or the best looking things. Heaven exalts you when you make yourself the lowest I'm telling you, there is a great humility that is coming to the church, and it's going to be humility that God burns upon. It's going to be humility that gets you in rooms you have no business being in. It's going to be humility that keeps you in those rooms that you have no business being in. It's going to be humility that takes you into conversations and confrontations with the people of this world and the powers of this world. And it's humility that is going to override every system of this world. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I am telling you, if you make yourself the deepest, and I'm not talking like, oh, deep person. For everything I say is exaggerated. You know those people. We all know those people. It's better to patiently wait than wait patiently. Oh. And you're like, bro, you said the same thing. It doesn't even, doesn't even make sense. Yeah, but it was deep. And it's like, no, it wasn't. It was stupid. It was dumb. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a false humility, and I'm not talking about a fake depth. I'm not talking about playing church anymore. I'm talking about we're done saying, we're done playing. It's time for the Christian to start living the Christian life according to the word of God. And I am telling you prophetically today, the lower you get, the more you get of him. The lower you get, the more you will experience of him. The lower you get, the more church will mean to you, the more worship will mean to you, the more you'll love being here and being out of there. Way less, you're going to be like, I want to be here as much as possible. Not because of some religious checking in, trying to get God to love me from striving and all of these things. No, because the lower you go, the heavier the glory. The heavier the glory the lower you and I get. It's just like, God, would you move? God, would you come? God, I'm here, and I'm on my knees. And I want to see a move of God in Grand Rapids. I want to see a move of God in Hudsonville and in in Wayland and in Dorr and Rockford and Cedar Springs and everywhere in between. God in this region, I just want to see a move. I want to see a move in my family. And suddenly you're the lowliest one in your marriage and God begins to move in your marriage. Suddenly you're the lowest one in your family and God begins to move in your kids. Suddenly you're the lowest one in your workplace and God begins to move in your workplace because there's no obstruction. There's no resistance. God is only relented to. You're not relenting to anybody else or their ideas or your reputation or just trying to go along to get along. Suddenly the river is able to flow through the depths. And that next part, the part that's damned up. Some of us were damned up. Some of us, we've got some uninvited house guests. Some of you, you're like, I came to take over church today. I'm just, I'm, I'm Tebowing it hard right now. Don't worry about me. Some of us, we came to church today and we're like, man, this church talks an awful lot about demons. We do. Because we've just gotten to the point where we're realizing. All of the self-care, all of the try-harders, all of the institutions and the things and programs that we've put in place for the last 50 years, they pale in comparison to the power of God. And some of us, we've just got some people living on the inside of us that we haven't invited in intentionally, but we've left the door open because we've gotten into some sin. We've gotten into some lies. We've gotten into some debauchery. We've gotten into some evil. And because we've gotten into some evil, we've gotten some devils in on the inside of us. And so as many programs as we have, as hard as we try, as much as we institute and put things in place for you not to fail, all the accountability partners, there's no greater accountability partner than the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of you, unobstructed. I appreciate anybody this morning. I love, the, I love accountability buddies. I love our porn-free group. I love all the things that we do here. I love boys crew and babe crew and come to the table and all the things we have put in place for you and I to grow and thrive in community. But I am telling you, the greatest soil is the Holy Spirit. And it's a soil that's rich, that's nutrient, that is unobstructed, that is not dry or parched, but man, it is moist and ready for more. And so this other third prong so the third prong, it's, it's damned up, it's jammed up. And so, yeah, today you came to a church that talks a lot about demonization. It's true. It's because I firmly believe the Holy Spirit on the inside of you casting out devils is going to pastor you better than you and I getting together for four hours every single week, working on the same issue every single Sunday, going through the same rigmarole and motions every single week when we just want to see you free. It's whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Right. Not how well I counsel, not how well I listen, not how long we go for. And I'm telling you, if you're damned up today, we've got to get the devils out the dam so the lowliness can come, yes. so the spirit can flow. Yes. I'm telling you, friends, it's, it's so much more than just five steps to happiness, five steps to, to perfection, five steps do this, go here, do that, up and down, up and down, up and down, all of the things that we've learned for so long. I'm telling you, God, who would you be? Who would I be? Who would we be if, if we kept le- if we quit leaving the door open for devils to come in and all that reside on the inside of us was the Holy Spirit? River runs to the depths. And what's interesting about that is that you can still be deep on the other side of the jam. It just means the water can't get there. Some of you, you are deep. Some of you, you have made yourself a deep person. Some of you, you have gotten into the Scriptures. You've gone places with God that we're going to talk about in a minute through this great passage from Paul. But you've been to some places with God. You've seen some things in the Spirit. God has spoken some promises over your life. He has things that your eyes have never seen, your ears have never heard, and your heart has never imagined. He has that for you. And you have prepared yourself to be a deep person, to receive the things of God. But somewhere along the way, the sins of man have jammed you up. The devils have gotten in. And there are some things, friends, that have got to be moved out the way if God is going to move your way. Is this helping anybody this morning? Are we good? You see, I want to see a deep church. I want to see a deep church. Do I believe takeover is going to grow? Absolutely. We've got prophetic words up the wazoo over this place of bringing glory and arenas and all these things, and I believe in it and I am for it. But what I know is that this house can never grow bigger than it is deep. This cannot get bigger before it's deeper. We will not be able to hold what God wants to do and hold it with integrity with character, with keeping our marriages intact, with keeping our purity intact, with keeping our integrity, personal integrity intact. We will not be able to go where God wants us to go and do what God wants us to do if we get bigger before we get deeper. I'm interested in the short game because I've been in this five years now as the lead pastor of this church, 17 in ministry, but five years here, and I'm learning that God has chosen to take his time with takeover. And I've learned to relent and yield to that. God, make us deep before you make us bigger. Well, Pastor Matt, that's a cop-out. It's because you have two hours and a half long services, and that's why people don't want to come. I'm not interested with that. God comes. God comes for two and a half hours, and he rests here. Move along, son, if that's not your game. I'm fine with that. No sweat off my brow. Loved you well. Told you the truth of God. Now go about your business. We're about our Father's business. And I'm telling you, I am telling you, the depths that God is wanting to take us to is going to enable us to hold the glory of the Lord in this next season to a greater measure. Friends, this, this world isn't, we're not turning back the clock. We're not going back to a, an easier time for Christianity. We're not going back to a more well-accepted time for Jesus. We're not going back to a place where Billy Graham was America's president and everyone loved him, Democrat or Republican or whatever. We're not going back. It gets darker and harder and greater from here on out. And the darker it gets, the deeper the church needs to be. Your well, your roots, they got to run into something deeper than cultural Christianity. They got to run into something deeper than false, fake depths. Men and women, millennials and Gen Z, this has got to be deeper than coffee pictures with your Bible. I'm telling you, you want to hear well done, good and faithful servant from the bridegroom Jesus as his bride? Don't post about it. Be about it. I know that's so silly and trivial, but honestly, I don't know if anyone said it. (laughs) Man, I want to see your life ablaze for the glory of God when I see you, when I hear you, and when I watch you, when you don't think I am, rather than when I'm scrolling through my feed and I see that nice post, but I know your life is falling apart. I appreciate anybody. I'm not judging you. I'm inviting you. I'm not judging you. I'm inviting you. Let's go deeper. There's a fire in the depths of God that is unlike any other fire. Why haven't I burned? Why am I not on fire? Why am I not talking in tongues? Why am I not seeing people healed when I'm laying hands and I'm praying over them? Friends, I am telling you, it is all about depth. It's all about depth. It's all about depth. Have you been faithful with the water level of where you're at? Because I promise you, you'll dig deeper. Because the river... Runs to the depths. You see, Paul, he's the Apostle Paul, and he's writing this letter to the Corinthians, and it's the first letter to the Corinthians. Well, technically, it's the second letter to the Corinthians. We don't have the first letter to the Corinthians. Um, they got lost and gone a long time ago. So, this first, so first Corinthians is actually Second Corinthians, and third, uh, Second Corinthians is actually Third Corinthians, just so you know. Um, and now someone's going, this makes sense why he's teaching at Bible college. Um, <laughs> there's a new person here, like, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. But anyways, so this is actually the second letter. But Paul is writing again to his church that he planted in Corinthians. You see, Corinth is interesting. Corinth is a cultural epicenter at the time. Corinth is this place where there was great philosophy, great poetry, great theater. There was just all this great uh, deep stuff. And Paul, he would randomly find himself, and by randomly I mean intentionally, (laughs) Oh, I just happened to be here. He would go, because Corinth was known for having the circle, the city center, which is actually where we get the word city center, by the way. It's from the church, or it's from the Corinth town. That's where that comes from, city center, center city. That is where we get that. Downtown, all comes from Corinth. Because downtown, it's also where we get the, the phrase uh, town hall. And uh, there's another word I'm looking for. Um, public square. That's, this all comes from Corinthians, just so you know. All of those phrases actually come from this. Those little phrases that you think we use just randomly, it all comes from the book of Corinthians. So it's amazing so there's this town hall there's this public square there's a public forum and paul would randomly find himself down there all of the time and what would happen down there is anybody who's anybody doesn't matter who backs you doesn't matter who signs you it is kind of a lot like uh tiktok instagram youtube and house churches uh that people talked about it last week go back the people who are just anybody could go, they could set up a soapbox, they could get a milk crate, they could do their thing, and they could pontificate and they could preach whatever, heresy, gospel, anything that they wanted to, to the public square. And it was known for this. They loved it. People would sign up to be like, oh, what is, you know, Plato's cousin gonna say or whoever, you know, it's just like all of these silly people. And they would show up and they would wax poetic and they would talk about all these things, the mysteries of the universe. And They would have all these grandiose ideas and people would gather all day long to hear. And so Paul, when he moved into Corinth, he was like, my mission field outside of the church gathering has got to be the public square. I've got to go here. All of these other false doctrines, heresies, all of these other, you know, spirit of Ahab, spirit of Jezebel, all these things were still being peddled in the public square. And Paul said, enough is enough. It's time for Jesus enough is enough it's time for Jesus like who is going to speak for Jesus if not Paul and so Paul goes and this is actually what he's writing to and so when he starts off this verse in Corinthians he's speaking to a church that was birthed out of the public square birthed out of public discourse so friends I came to tell you if you think Christians need to stay out of politics you're dead wrong if you think we need to stay out of the public sphere, you're dead wrong. And I'm not here to affirm any of that stuff. What I am here to affirm to you today is that the church is silent. The world, the world is lost. It's the church that is the conscience of the world because the church has the spirit of God. Grandma back here, just love you. (laughs) Love you so much. I'm telling you, so goes the church, so goes the world. So goes Takeover, so goes Grand Rapids. That's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm interested in is making sure you and I, we run this race to the duration. And so we got to start getting deep. And Paul even starts us off. He goes, listen, listen, listen everyone's pontificating, everyone's preaching, everyone's deliberating, everyone's out here with these flashy thoughts and these deep ideas. And, you know, is it the sun of God? Is the moon of God? Like, are the stars mean this? Leo and, you know, cancer and all these things. It's like, wow, and it's kind of wild. People have been worshiping cancer for a long time. It's insane when you think about it. It's this idea. And Paul's like, I need to get Jesus in there. I need to come and bring Jesus to the public square. And what's interesting in this moment, as he starts off, he's writing to the church of Corinth who was birthed in this place. You've got to understand that. Just like you and I, we were made in this time. We were called to this time. Corinth was called for that time. Friends, you and I, we were made for this hour. You are not an old soul in a new body, friends. You were called and you have been placed a mantle upon you for such a time as this. You were born for this season. You were born for this year. You were born for the fight ahead of us. God has placed something on the inside of every single one of you that is uniquely designed to overcome the enemy in our day. And you got to believe that. If you don't believe that, all your weapons are forfeited. If you don't believe that, you forfeit the ground. If you don't believe that, you forfeit the war. We're the church. We don't lose a battle to win the war. We win the battle and we win the war. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Come on, we will not lose the battle of abortion but win the war of uh, souls of America. No, we win the battle of abortion and we win the souls of America. Amen? So we don't relent. We don't relent. And Paul, he goes, I have decided within myself. Again, he is the flashy guy. If you don't know about Paul, Paul used to murder people. He murdered Christians specifically as a guy named Saul, and he was chief murderer, okay? He was literally paid for, bought by Israel's high order of priests and sent out in commission to go and kill Christians and followers of the way. That's what he did. He literally killed Stephen in the book of Acts. Three chapters later, Paul gets radically saved. This is our God. Amen? This is our God. He takes a murderer and he turns him into a martyr. He takes a murderer and he turns him into a martyr. He takes a murderer and he turns him into a martyr. Amen? This is what our God does. This is the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul, he says, because of that, I have decided amongst us to not know anything else besides Christ and Christ crucified. I am going to preach alone Christ and Christ crucified. I've come with no other arguments. I've come with no other ideas. I've come with no other reasons. I'm not here to Jesus juke you into believing my God. I have come with my God and my God alone because God is enough. God is still able to save. He's still able to save to the uttermost. Friends, it's hilarious today. We have so many arguments that are being raised in the public square, in the public discourse today. And all of them sound wise and all of them sound great and all of them have flashes and they're all great on Instagram. And we're like, wow, that was beautiful. It makes a lot of sense. God trumps the sense. God beats all sense. He confounds the wise. I'm appreciate anybody this morning. God has made his name famous in all of the universe by dumbfounding those who think they're wise. And so don't be fooled into thinking you got to go to your workplace with this beautiful presentation of the gospel. Go with God. Go with God. Too many of us are trying to go into our workplaces, into our families, into our kids' lives, into our, into our, uh, into our schools, whatever area of you're in. you are trying to go in and we're like, okay, i got all my facts I know what year the, the Bible was canonized. I know all the stuff that happened at this council, this council, and I got all my facts, we're going, but you're going in all of this knowledge and no power. All of this knowledge, but no spirit. You're going with all of these things to win an argument, I'm telling you, the only way to win, not an argument, but a soul, is by God. I appreciate anybody this morning. It's good to know these things. You should know them because Paul says to give an account for the reasons and why you believe. Absolutely, but I'm telling you, He's the same man who said I rid myself of all things besides Christ and Christ crucified if you know Christ and you know Christ crucified you know Christ risen you know Christ ruling and reigning you know Christ seated on the throne forevermore if you know this Christ it's enough to take even the darkest of places like Corinth and if you don't know about Corinth sex was God there sex and knowledge and all of these ideas this was what was bantied about they had worship services that were literally just sex acts unto a god of sex this is what they did in corinth it's the most defiled place of all time and unfortunately our great nation is heading there pretty quickly but god but god But God. And so Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, I have decided to rid myself of any other knowledge, any other idea than Christ and Christ crucified. He's like, so that you know this. When I was with you, I was weak. Why? Because Paul, just before he was writing this letter, was literally stoned to death in the book of Acts, and his disciples had to lay hands on him and raise him back to life. Yeah, Paul's one of those guys. Okay? Why do you think he's so courageous? Because he's been to Jesus, and then he's been to Jesus. And then he came back, and he's still with Jesus, and he's bringing Jesus. That's Paul. So Paul is courageous. Paul has boldness. Paul is with it. He is ready to bring Jesus to the uttermost. And so he goes, I was weak, and I was in fear and trembling. You see, when you pair fear and trembling, you know he's not talking about I was scared of Corinth. He's not talking about a sinful fear where you put your faith in a lesser God, or you put your faith in a lesser man, or you put your faith in a system to protect you or take care of you, no, no, no. He's not in fear as in, in sin. He's in fear and trembling of the Lord. He moves in fear and trembling. He is looking at the Lord in whom he's met on a number of occasions and whom He goes forth in, and he is saying, "I'm coming to the most defiled place. My speech is not going to be great. I have been beaten, I have been bloody, and I was just raised from dead. I look terrible, my hair is all tore up, my clothes have been torn up, I've been sending my cloths to go heal people, like I look like absolute rubbish. But I'm coming in fear and in trembling so that you know I'm not coming in simply knowledge of Jesus, I'm coming in spirit and in power. Spirit and in power. Friends, we said it this morning, we said it last week, and this is where we're going this fall. The church was birthed in the Spirit of God, so it needs the Spirit of God. It will be ran by the Spirit of God. It is by Spirit and power that the church advances, not simply in MDivs, Not simply in doctrinal degrees, not simply in spending thousands and thousands of dollars so some liberal seminary professor can teach you that God's word is not inherent or infallible, but instead you can pick your own adventure course with Jesus and he can be whatever you like. That's happening, by the way, in case you're not paying attention. We're not going to move in knowledge We're going to come in the wisdom that comes from the Spirit, and we're going to come in the power that comes from the Spirit. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? You see, everybody's saying America's last days are behind her because the church is dying. The church is not dying. She's being refined. The church is not dying. She's being refined. We are peeling back all of those sycophants, all of those phonies. God bless you. We love you. Jesus died for you. I hope you have a real salvation moment, but the time for grifting is done. The time to be discipled is now. The time to be like Jesus is now. The time for grifting is done. It's time for the deeps to cry out to the deep again. I'm preaching to anybody this morning. I'm preaching better than you're responding. I am telling you, I'm telling you, the time for grifter, thanks, Scott, Pastor Scott in the mother's room. Yeah! The time for grifting is done. It's been shaken. That which can be shaken has been shaken. That which cannot be shaken has remained, and that is the remnant. The church in America, she isn't dying, she's being refined. She's being refined, and suddenly what is happening is this beautiful remnant that believes the word of God and moves in the spirit and the power of God. She's coming to light. She's birthing up. She's coming anew, and she has decided, I don't need all of the tricks. I don't need a circus for a church. I don't need to come in on a, on a, a whatever those things are called, like a swing from up there and do this great production to fool you into believing that we're relevant. The church is relevant whether you believe it or not the church is the single most relevant entity on this earth because we are filled, we are betrothed, and we are completely given over and yielded to the one entity that overthrows everything. Jesus. His name is Jesus. Some say, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Praise him. Go, 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 go. Jesus. And so Paul... He says, I'm coming in spirit and in power. Friends, it's time for the church to move in power again. We are being refined back to a powerful people. We're being refined back to a powerful people. For 50 years, we presented the church as the party people. Listen, we party. Takeover loves to party. We throw great parties. You start serving here, man, at the end of the year, we do something called the Takeover Awards and we party. It is awesome. We dress up to the nines. We have a good time. We have some food that I make for two days straight, and we have some fun. It's great. Johan comes, and he plays this amazing song and guitar in a mass, and I'm like, how is he even singing? Amy sings the house down. Like, crazy things are happening. Grant tries to be, sorry, dude, queen. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't going to say Freddie Mercury. I was just, yeah. Anyways, Grant tried. It was a really, really great effort. Killed it. Killed it. And uh, Sydney was there to save him, just like every great wife. Amen. And uh, it's good. Grant can sing. It's just Freddie Mercury, you know. If you grew a mustache maybe beforehand, it might help you. (laughs) Who wants to see Grant in a mustache? Come on, he works here now, so it's like we we can tell him to do that. Uh, But here's the deal. It's the spirit and power that are going to speak to our nation. It's the spirit and power that's going to speak to Grand Rapids. Listen, friends, it can't simply be that we contend for certain moral issues. We need to contend for moral issues, absolutely. But I am telling you, it's by what the perfect finished work of Jesus on the cross and the coming of the Holy Spirit that that which has been only in moral and only in religion is now fueled and empowered by a relationship. I am telling you, friends, there is a power that goes beyond the morality. There is a supernatural ability that comes beyond the morality. And his name is Jesus. And he moves in spirit and in power. And we say it here. People go, what kind of church is Takeover Church? We say we're a spirit and truth church. Because Jesus says a time will come when my worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. So we're planted in the word of God, but we are ran by the spirit of God. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, this letter is so prophetic for you and I today because Paul, he, he goes on to say, listen, this is going to confound some people. This is going to challenge some people. This is going to shake some things up. They want us to be one way. They want us to believe one way. They want us to act one way. But suddenly they're going to run into the depths of God because they've run into someone who's made themselves deep with God. And I'm telling you, the deeper you are, the more power you can hold. The deeper you are, the more power you can be entrusted with. The deeper you are, the more serious you will take the call of God on your life. Listen here, I'm a pastor. Do you know what that means? I care about character and integrity. Do you know what God cares about? Calling people. He calls people and he gifts people who don't always have the greatest integrity, who don't always have the greatest character. He actually does that. Look throughout all of scripture. I'm not speaking heresy. He gives gifts and call without revoke, without reproach. He doesn't take them back. He's like, I've called this guy, and yeah. I've called this girl, and yeah. He and she, they have led lives that are not up to my standard. They are not up to my code. But I have said I am not going to take back my gifting, so church, go and bring them to me. That's why we pray for politicians. That's why we pray for people in Hollywood. That's why we pray for people who are cultural and political leaders, friends. Doesn't matter whether they hold up character or integrity wise. They've been gifted, it's been given to them and I am telling you, we are called to bring them back to God. And if you don't like it, run for office, love your Bible, be faithful in your marriage, be empowered by the Holy Spirit and I'll vote for you. Sound good? But that's where we're going. This is how we fight this battle ahead of us. And so Paul, he's like, this is going to confuse people. He's like, because the spiritual people always confuse the non-spiritual people. He's like, this is going to confuse them. It always has. He's like, stop trying to make sense of people who are not deep. Quit trying to make sense to people that you are deeper than. And again, it's not some fake, phony, you know, mask You're not portraying a deep person. You actually are a deep person. You're not some beatnik hipster that's just like cooler than everybody else. No, you are someone who's been to the depths with God and lived to tell the tale. You're someone who's seen some things in their prayer closet that are to come. So how can you not go and tell people Jesus is coming? You've been to some places in the prophetic and in your prayer closet in the depths of God. You've seen some things. And you go to your spouse with complete reckless abandonment to how they're going to feel. And you go, I know you have a drinking problem. You've got to repent. You've got to get that devil out. You've got to tell somebody about it. You have got to rid yourself of this because what God is going to do in our family in the days to come, it's going to take you being sober-minded. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? See, it doesn't matter if it's the White House and principalities or it's your house and it's your marriage. God is trying to get you deep. He's trying to get you deep. And don't worry about making sense to those that are not deep. Worry about being deep with the one who is deep. Deep cries out to deep. Deep doesn't cry out to shallow. Appreciate anybody this morning? Why don't they understand? Why don't they see? They're not deep. Quit spinning your tires in the mud and get to the ocean bottom. What are you doing? And make no apologies about it. We love people. We want to spend time with them. But, man, the hour is dark. And if you're not about getting deep, I don't have time to have you as my significant relationship. Let's get deep. Some of you, you're college students. You're going to college in Grand Rapids. That's amazing. You're going to be in the shallow end of the pool. You start making yourself deep, you are going to be the single most influential person on your college campus. And you might be alone. But deep cries out to deep, I tell you, young person, you will find yourself with deep people. God will bring depths around you as he takes you deeper. And so then what happens? He says, listen, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined, what God has prepared for those that love him. See, there's a difference. When you love God, you'll go deep with God. When you like God, you'll stay shallow. Right? Right? When you love God, you'll go deep with God, but when you like God, you'll be shallow. When you love God, you'll go deep with God, but when you like God, you'll stay shallow. Friends, I am telling you, there is a love, there is a great romance narrative between the bridegroom and his bride that the Lord himself is preparing in this hour, and he's saying, come, my love, Come away with me. Come get deep with me. And maybe you're a guy in here who's full of machismo like I am, okay? And maybe this language makes you uncomfortable. Surrender. Surrender. If you don't surrender to being the bride of Christ, you will remain shallow. You will remain shallow. It's okay if this makes you uncomfortable, but surrender that uncomfortability, Trust me, I'm all about machismo. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to pull out my chest here. We're going to toughen up, buttercup, and we're going to get it. I'm that guy. I understand. But I am telling you, where we're going, this machismo, it can't take you. Biblical masculinity is deep. Biblical masculinity is deep. Biblical masculinity is I can weep in the prayer closet while standing strong in the streets. I'm going to anybody this morning. I'm not saying you become a wet noodle. I'm saying you get deep with God, you get steel in your spine. You get deep with God, you get steel in your spine. Women, this is what you want. You do not want some wet noodle, limp-wristed, soft dude, okay? Okay? You want a man of God who will cry in private with the Lord, come on, but will stand strong for the Lord in the streets, who's got steel in his spine, who will not cheat, who will not leave you, who will remain faithful to you amongst all the other lovers in the earth. I appreciate anybody this morning. It's about time a pastor said it. <laughs> Worship team, you can make your way up here. Listen, listen, listen. We're going to land this bird in just a moment, but hear me. Hear me. What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no heart of man has imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. I'm telling you this. When you begin to go down to those depths, there is a fire in there that you could never imagine. There's a fire that burns in the submerged areas with God. There is a fire on the inside of him the deeper that you go that you've never even thought about. Trust me, friends, when you came to know Jesus, suddenly your imagination had all of the sinful boundaries broken off of it. All of your ideas of what God is and who he could be and all the things he could come up with and all the things he's capable of, it broke off you because it was too small. The second you came into relationship with him and he filled you with his spirit, friends, hear me today. Your box, you've always kept in him. It got crippled, it got crushed, it got broke open because it couldn't contain him. So all of a sudden, your imagination got big. Suddenly you started thinking, I could actually do something significant with my life. And I'm not just talking about grandiose. Listen, not every person in this room is called to be a pastor on a platform. But that doesn't mean your life doesn't have significance. This is not any more significant than you spending years leading your coworker to Jesus. This is not more significant than you loving your spouse so well when you got set on fire by the glory of God and you stayed in a marriage when it was difficult, when it was hard, when you knew they were not keeping up, when you knew they were sinning, when you knew they were being unfaithful in the marriage, when you knew they were going out and they were getting their needs met by another lover, but you know Jesus, you have one lover above them and you chose to remain in a marriage and love them unto Christ, amen? I'm telling you, this is not more significant. If you've got Jesus, you have the most significance. Everything else that you and him will accomplish together, it pales in comparison to you bowing the knee the first time. Pales in comparison. So I'm telling you, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined, I am telling you, it's not always this big, grandiose, leading conferences, doing all these things. It's not always that. Sometimes it's saving the one to get a generation. It's saving the one that will have a ripple effect, and all of a sudden, like do you think my in-laws knew that when they were raising Adrienne and Alex and Adam up in the church that Adrienne would get prophesied over as a 16-year-old girl by Rick and Joy Renner, and then all of a sudden she would be leading a church in her 30s? Did she? They didn't know. But they stewarded their family well. That's significance. It's not about the glamour and the glitz and all these things our world glories in like the church glories in the one our Christ glories in the one so friends please today when I say no what no ear has heard no eye has seen no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love them listen, listen, listen sometimes the thing the Lord has prepared for you is that one person that you will labor for your entire life in the workplace your family a complete stranger that God will point out and say go and make friends with them go and be in covenant relationship with them go and pursue them until they love me Sometimes that's what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined. And you've got to be okay with that. That's okay. Want to know why that's okay? Shoot, that's good. It's better than okay. That's good. Because it means God loves that one person so much that he called one person to spend their lives reaching them. That's good. That's good. More Christians should be less concerned with being Matt McClure and more concerned with answering the call of God on their life and going after the one or the few or the many that he has called them to. Because that's significant. The God of the universe. I have chose you. I have called you out of the flock. Like Phil pursuing Booney and the boys. I've called you out to reach the one to reach the two to reach the three I love those three so much that I've called you specifically to spend your days your life going after them because some of us were over here imagining in our heart all of these stadiums and all of these things and God's going no what I have called you for your heart has never imagined but if you're lowly enough If you can get low enough and you can see Jesus rightly and you can see that crown on his head, that throne of which he sits on, if you can look at that spotless, blameless lamb and you can look at him and you can say, this man, this God, he loves me so much that he chose me for this one person and he loves this one person so much that he chose my life to be spent pouring out on their feet. This is how much our God loves no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart of man has imagined the things God has planned for those he loves. There's a fire in the depths, friends. That's for you specifically. I would love it if every person in here came from this place and filled stadiums and traveled the nations and did all of these things that would be amazing but what I love almost more is what Jesus is focusing in on on this hour he's like I want to love one person so well that they know undeniably I have pursued them all the days of their lives and so Paul He's speaking about all these things to the Corinthians. And then he says this. He says, the Spirit reveals you so much. You can stand. He says, the Spirit of God reveals so much that he is able to teach you a wisdom that is from the depths of God. A wisdom that is from the depths of God. We've got all the playbooks. They've all been published. We've got the playbooks to a good marriage. We've got the playbooks to a church growth plan. We've got the playbooks to any job, any career, anything that you want to chase. We've got a playbook XYZ for dummies. We've made them. We've printed them. We've sold them. We've made them a digital copy online. We have them. But then there's this wisdom. That comes from the depths of God but it can only be found in the depths of God so you spend your time spinning your wheels chasing things and people that profit you nothing that continue to betray you and leave you dry and thirsty and longing for more and longing for Christ and you don't even know it or you could choose the deep route The deep well, the deep ways, and you can chase and run into with reckless abandonment the depths of God. And in there, there's wisdom for your life. In there, there's wisdom that breaks every chain. In there, there's wisdom that saves every marriage. In there, there's wisdom that changes the nation. In there is wisdom that takes the lonely person in a prayer closet and turns them into an intercessor that suddenly you have the inside track with the one who leads every race. And suddenly what you think is insignificant in the kingdom of God is actually on the front lines of the kingdom of God. Because while so many Christians are shallow, you're found in the deep end. You know what's interesting about the deep end? Paul says, wisdom... From the depths what's interesting is that speaks to a level of intimacy a level of trust a level of pursuit a level of relationship that God can begin to trust you with deep wisdom he doesn't trust every other shallow believer with and you know what that else means that means you can speak to God on matters And he'll actually listen to you while so many cry out from the shallow end sos save our souls you're nestled up in the deep end right next to the heart of god and you are speaking directly to the throne and you're saying jesus one more time one more revival one more outpouring one more breath of god full power of God in me, in my church, in my city, in my region. God, if you will do it, I will give my life to steward it. I will get every friend. I will embarrass myself. I will go outside of myself. I will go beyond myself. I will spend whatever. I will give whatever. I will go wherever. I will do whatever you will have me do if you just do it one more time. because you're close because you're intimate because you're on the inside he trusts you unlike many others he trusts you to a greater measure I'm telling you friends where the world is heading the Holy Spirit is needed where the world is going the Holy Spirit is needed Where you and I are going to go as a church in our region, the Holy Spirit is needed. And if we want more of him, we've got to get less of us. I have it tattooed on my arm, John 3.30. No no joke. We're going to rid ourselves. We will not be the bank of which he cannot approach. We will not be the damned up well of which he cannot flow. We will be the lowly areas that confounds the wise, that speaks not in riddles, but in revelation to a world that is firmly and quickly approaching hell. And we will say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Have I preach to anybody this morning? So we're going to sing. We're going to finish up with this amazing last song all of the glory, all of the glory, all of the glory and I want to invite you friends, how long to live in a church one day where the altar call doesn't have to be said but we just understand there's an altar right here and I can come and you can come in joy and you can come in weeping, you can come in happiness you can come in sorrow, you can come when you want more of God or when you are feeling like you are in desperation of more of Him Because the altar has all the hope you need. The altar is the deepest place you can live. It's the deepest place you can go. It's the deepest place you can pray at. The altar is where the world is behind you and Christ is before you. So I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray because Paul ends this section and he says, but we... We have the mind of Christ. That means we have the depths available to us. That means we can think like he thinks. We can imagine how he imagines. We can see how he sees. We can hear how he hears. We can do what he does. We can go where he goes. We can break chains that he breaks. We can raise bodies that has been broken. We can cast out devils that he's casted out, we. We have been made like him again. And the deeper that you and I go, friends, in him, the less of us that can come with. Like oil and water, We continually die to ourselves. We're separated from what what once was. And we go and we burn in the fire in the depths of God. So Father, I just thank you. Why don't you go ahead and lift your hands as we get ready to go in. Just put yourself in a posture to receive. If you want to come up to the altar, come up now. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you want to dance in the aisles or off to the side, go for it. we got banners over there. Go insane in his presence. But whatever you do, do it in a posture of surrender. We have a lot. We have a lot of conversation in the church today about wrestling. Oh, I'm just wrestling through. It. I'm just gonna wrestle with God. I'm just wrestling with how I feel about this or how I feel about that. I'm telling you, there's an invitation for this generation right now. Quit wrestling, just surrender. Quit wrestling, just surrender quit fighting the will of God, quit, fi- quit fighting the ways of God, quit fighting the thoughts of God, and if you will just surrender, I tell you, you will be engulfed in a fire, in a presence, in a glory, that which your knowledge could never obtain for you, that which your wrestling could never obtain for you, that which you could never experience on your own or in, in a religion. It only comes in deep relationship and communion with our God. So let me pray. Father, we love you. We posture ourselves in surrender we say come Lord Jesus come. Would you hear the cry the Maranatha cry from 3584 Roger B. Chaffee Memorial Boulevard today in Grand Rapids, Michigan we are saying come Lord Jesus come and make us a deep people make me a deep person make him a deep man, make her a deep woman, make that a deep marriage make that a deep engagement make that a deep single season make that a deep entrepreneur, make that a deep father make that a deep mother make us deep with you today god father show us the way show us the areas the x that marks the spot in our lives where we need to begin to dig deep again father I'm the kind of man that still believes in the wells of Abraham and I believe they've been stopped up, they've been backed up, they've been filled in by Philistines they've been filled in by principalities they've been filled in by demons and lies from the enemy God but today we say we prophetically begin to dig the wells again of Abraham that a wellspring of the spirit of God could flow in this place could flow from this place could flow into every other broken Cistern, restoring it, renewing it, redeeming it for the glory, hallelujah, of God in the earth again. Father, today we say, make us a temple, make us a tabernacle, make us a vessel, God, that can hold the new wine, the fresh oil, that can burn upon the old fire of the altar of the days of old, God. Father, we say right now as the worship team begins to sing. With our hands lifted up, with our heads laid low. We're making ourselves deep. We're making ourselves deep for you. We don't want a deep love or affection for any other lover or the attention of any other. We're deep for the love of God. We're deep for the attention of heaven. We're deep for the affection of the Father. We want the affection of heaven on our lives and on our church. We want the affection of heaven on our marriages. We want the affection of heaven on our sexuality. We want the affection of heaven in our purity. We want the affection of heaven in our workplace. We want the affection and attention of heaven everywhere we go, Lord. If we will get low, will you take us with you? Will you take us into every room, every place, every place you want to be in, in our region, God? From the high sky rises downtown to the poor communities on the southeast side, to the riches and the glamorous on the northeast side, to the Latin community on the west side. God, would you take us where you want to go? Father, hear us today. Hear us today. We come low so you can get higher we come low so the glory can fall deeper we come low so your presence can flow through every crevice every crack every break in the foundations of our region we come low we come low He's here, he's here, he's here. He is rewarding our lowliness, he's coming, he's here. Right now the banks of bitterness, they could be broken down. Right now the dam of unforgiveness can be broken open. Right now the demons, they have to flee. The Spirit of God is here, whom the Son sets free, is free and deemed. The demons have to go. Right now, there is a pure love, a pure presence, a pure person moving amongst his people, moving amongst his lampstands. Right now, he is cleaning your oil. Right now, he is stoking your flames. Right now, he is moving among the coals of your faith that used to be burning hot. Right now he's saying, if you will invite me, I will come and I will blow the fresh wind of God all over you again. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been let down. I know you've had some pastors and some ministers and some leaders who have failed you, who have failed their marriages, who have not lived godly lives before you right now you just let that damn go you let me flow you forgive them so I can move freely in the house of God towards you again you let me be your high priest while you submit here and I will love you back to wellness back to wholeness there's abuse in this building Some of us, we've been abused physically and sexually and mentally and spiritually. And God is saying, I've been there the whole time. I've seen every affliction. I've seen every moment. I have been with you in every instance. I've never left you, I've kept you from so much more and I am coming to you today. Your purity can be renewed, your livelihood can be renewed, your mind can be renewed, your head can be lifted, the yoke is easy, my burden is light. You have had an albatross around your neck that has sunk you to the depths of depravity but I am telling you today, you can be yoked with depths. Let's sing this out. All this for your glory. Every bank gets low for his glory. Every dam gets emptied for his glory. Every deep place we've just reopened is deep for his glory. Why? Yes. 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 Right now. The first place is coming. Yes, Lord. Sing it out. Sing it out, join in with the chorus of saints right now. All of it's for your glory. All of of my pain, all of my past, all of my history. Right now, we take it back from the grips of the enemy and we use it for your glory. Make this your story, make this your own. Yes, yes, all of our victories, all of our establishments, all of our endeavors, all of our exploits right now, all of our wins, Lord, all of our wins are for your glory, not for our own. church we're not going to say amen yet because it's not finished it's not done the lord is doing a work right now so we're going to leave this prayer open this is a loop right now we're going to continue to sing to the glory of god we're going to allow the spirit of god to move in this place we will not say amen we will not say it is finished we will not put a punctuation mark right now the Lord is transitioning, the Lord is forming a run-on sentence in this room and he is saying I am Lord, I am king, I am judge, I have mercy, I have grace, I have forgiveness. It's all available to you. My presence is coming as low as you'll go, is as deep as I'll get today. He's coming, he's here and he's ready to move in this space and in every face and in every place that we will open up to him. So team, take us there. Can we sing that? Put Me Anywhere? Yeah. Can we sing Put Me Anywhere? Come on, church. Let's go. Don't worry about me. Worry about him. Join put in. Me yes. Just put your glory
1: in me. Are you hearing
0: it? Put your glory in me. And I'll serve anywhere. Yes. Yes. Just let they me see your beauty. beauty. Yes, Joshua. Take us there. So put me anywhere.